0: Welcome in and thank you for joining us for another episode of SODFS, brought to you by Sons of Dynasty and proud members of True North Fantasy Football. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Sons and subscribe to the TNF Network on YouTube so that you never miss a show. I am Dan. You can find me at on Twitter at D Brown or at Dan Brown NFL. And here to my left is Nate. You can find him at Nate underscore FFL nate friday night back in the building again uh you know sod recording studio here what's happening with you you have a good week man how was your thanksgiving
1: that's exactly what i was gonna ask you buddy it wasn't too bad at all um didn't have my kids so i stunk a little bit there but i get them this weekend so i'm excited for that and uh, i'm excited for tonight how was your thanksgiving buddy It was
0: good, Uh, you know. Casey and I spent some time in the uh, kitchen that day. I was in charge of the turkey. I took pride in that, and and Casey fixed up some wonderful sides. And us and the boys had a feast here. It was just the four of us. We kept it simple this year, and and under these times. But uh, it was a great time. And as you can see behind me. Uh, immediately following thanksgiving the christmas tree is going up my, my five-year-old would not allow us to go another single day he's been asking for the christmas tree to go up for weeks at this point so you know we were telling him after thanksgiving after thanksgiving Sure enough, he remembered after Thanksgiving, the tree was to go up, so I toted it down from the upstairs of the garage. We threw some lights on it, threw all all of our favorite sentimental ornaments on there this evening, and it was a good time. Uh, The holiday season is here, and here at the Brown household, we are embracing it wholeheartedly.
1: I have to give you props on that turkey. That was a very good-looking turkey, bro, so touche to you on that. Yeah,
0: anytime I'm pouring my heart and soul into the meat, and i'm going to shoot you guys some pictures there in the group chat so you know it, it's it's going to happen and i appreciate you guys always giving me feedback you let me know when it's good and more importantly you let me know when it's not speaking of what was good and what was not we can go ahead and move into last week's accountability here as we review our top 5 plays from week 11 in the nfl nate i'll let you start with your guy tyreek hill
1: Yeah, I'm always a big Tyreek Hill guy. Um, It wasn't an explosive week, um, and sometimes he tends to have, you know, stutter dud weeks, but it was kind of just an average week. He scored 20 points on DraftKings, uh, 77 receiving yards, 33 rushing yards, 9 receptions. Uh, He did not find the end zone, but he was still pretty productive. You know, considering the price, I wouldn't say it's a super big win, but uh, he continues to impress me with his ability to create separation, and his target share has been tremendous. So I don't think it was too bad of a play at 8,200. Uh, I also was on Nick Chubb last week against Detroit. That was a big thing for me was the opponents, the Lions. Ended up with 25, uh, about 25 and a half points on DraftKings, 130 rushing yards, 14 receiving yards on two receptions, and one receiving touchdown. It's 7,800. I would say that's a win. I'd say you hit value there, so not too bad. Uh, we were also on Cam Newton. A lot of people were not his ownership was relatively you know, lower than I thought it was going to be. He ended up with 26 points on DraftKings, 189 passing yards, 46 rushing yards, two passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. It was a very impressive performance, and at that price, he more than hit value.
0: Yeah, I was surprised that not more people are on him, and I'm surprised again this week when his, his price just ultimately didn't go up as much as I was expecting it to go up, given last two weeks' performance that we've seen out of Cam Newton – um, but you know, I'm I'm interested again this week given the price point. But let's talk about Miles Gaskin from last week. 5700 ended up with 18.6 DK points and delivered a rather strong uh, performance against this Jets defense that gives up more rushing opportunities than any other defense in the NFL. So Miles Gaskin kind of a more of a chalky play, but he ended up kind of bringing back value with the 18.6 there. And Dawson Knox was another guy that, that we were leaning into last week at 4,000 and a guy that we were leaning into here on Thanksgiving and came through in a big way. But, Last week, six receptions, 80 yards. Dawson Knox back from injury and is here to stay. Josh Allen is going to be looking his
1: way frequently moving forward. Another solid game yesterday too, man. We we both had some Dawson Knox on DraftKings, so it was good to see another good performance yesterday. Let me ask you,
0: Nate, where are you on Miles Gaskin from a dynasty perspective? Uh, a lot of, lot of talk coming into this past year. He was a sell, but the Dolphins didn't end up addressing the position during the NFL draft. Here he is once again, really kind of taking a hold of this backfield. But we know the rug could be pulled out from in, underneath him at any given time. Where are you on Miles Gaskin value wise? Buy, sell, hold?
1: Uh, for me, it's probably a hold. If you would ask me this three months ago, I would have said sell. I've never been a big Gaskin guy, but he is showing you know pretty solid. You know performances but yeah the problem is is will he you know where is he going to be next year i'm not sure what his contract is but i'm sure i think he's back in miami will they bring somebody else in you know it's hard to say Right now, he's a hole for me, though I'm not going to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. If somebody dangles a first round future in my face, I'll probably pull the trigger. But even at a second, if I'm if I'm contending this year, I'm content for the the lack of depth at the running back position there. Miles Gaskin and what we've seen out of his usage rates the last couple of weeks in are indication to me that he he should have at least relevance enough to to remain the rest of this year as the lead back there for Miami. So. Uh, you know, it's going to take a, probably a first to get him out for me. Uh, let's talk about, though, this week and and some guys that we like targeting this week, starting with the pay-up position as per usual, and, and we'll we'll get into the quarterback position here. I'll start with one guy that I like this week that, that we've been in uh, on the last couple of weeks, and that's Justin Herbert of the Chargers. They are going to Denver to face the Broncos, and Herbert coming in at 6,600 this week. And he's got great point potential in week twelve with a matchup versus these Denver Broncos. And over at Run the Sims has a projected point total of nearly twenty three points. His boom rating ranks fifth among all players. And furthermore, twice over the last three weeks, Herbert posted an impact day of three hundred and seventy and three and four hundred and seventy for three. He has has been more active as a runner over his past three starts with a 16 for 126 in one line during those weeks, and he's climbed the third in quarterback scoring with 26.42 fantasy points per game. When he's at his best, he's posted four monster days of 33.65, 46.80, and 35.20, and 39.10 fantasy points. In his other six starts, he did score under 20 fantasy points in four matchups against the Broncos in two games in 2020. He did pass for 531 yards and four touchdowns. The ceiling is absolutely there for Herbert this week, and, and the the rate that he's been passing the ball. I mean, he was so fun to watch this past week. We saw the rushing upside really kind of come out, and he was making it look easy. And he wasn't taking the big he, the big hits that you don't want to see out of these quarterbacks. He was he was willing to slide, take what the defense gives him. Uh, the the roof is 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 off the building at this point as far as Justin Herbert's weekly upside and at 6600 i'm buying in this week nate
1: yeah i love watching um dual threat quarterbacks you know especially these young guys like you know josh allen justin herbert jalen hurts they're so fun to watch man as far as the matchup this week um you know last year he was very successful against denver this year denver's yet to allow over 25 and a half points to a quarterback uh, with five opponents scoring less than 20 points so it's i think that that if, if anybody's aware of that, it might drive some ownership down, which is even better. But, yeah, her, I mean, his price is relatively fair. I, I'm going to be on him. Another guy. Another guy I'm on. I'm big on this. I'm excited. There could be some bias here. His jersey's hanging behind me. Well, it was, but it's not right now. But it's Matthew Stafford, former Detroit Lions quarterback. You got the Rams versus the Packers at Lambeau. Stafford's price at 7100 And, you know, I've listened to a, a few podcasts this week. There's a lot of analysts that are respectively – you know, not hot on Stafford this week. There's a lot avoiding him. They're saying his price is too high. You know, I'll agree with that on FanDuel. He's $600 more. He's at 7,700 over there, but on DK 7,100, I think it's pretty fair. He's coming off a buy. hopefully he's in better shape than he was the last two weeks where he scored 12 and 15 points, um, in each of the last two matchups. You know, I think, I think a lot of it, it might, you know, he's got a great connection with Cooper Cut, but I think losing Robert Woods does hurt. Now we got o- Odell Beckham coming in. The team is probably going to want to get him the ball, you know. So he's headed to Green Bay. That's scary for a lot of people, but Stafford is used to playing in Green Bay, and he's been successful there before. Uh, he's aver- He averaged with Detroit 304 passing yards per game in his five-pass Lambo appearances. So, you know, while everybody else is iffy on Stafford, I'm going to be in on him for a rebound in Week 12.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Stafford is locked and loaded there with the Rams moving forward. Uh, But let's talk about some running backs that we also like in the pay-up position this week. And I'll start with going back to Christian McCaffrey again this week after we are on him last week. He appears to be back to full health and back to his typical workload that we've seen out of him, playing on 90% of team snaps this past week and earning 10 of 11 carries and 8 of 8 targets, from the backfield position until his price gets closer to that 10k range i'm going to continue to lock cmc into my cash and gpp builds every week since his return he's seen 19.3 touches and 128.7 total yards per game this is in his first game this past week with cam newton under center he saw 30 percent target share so let's not think that you know his workload is in jeopardy at all due to the rushing nature of Cam Newton. You know, Christian McCaffrey is back, he's here to stay and at 9,000 this week, yes, the RB1, but still priced too low in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that I think are his I think his ownership is still going to be too low. I um I love the CMC play more than my guy. I think Carolina is going to lean on McCaffrey this week hardcore, probably the following week. You know, when he's, when he's healthy, he's amazing. He does get banged up, it seems like, a lot the last two years. But when he's healthy, he looks great. When he's out there right now, his cuts and everything look so crisp, man. I'm, I'm all about it. Even, if, even at 9,000, I'm, I'm going to be on him. Uh, another guy I'll be on is Najee Harris. Steelers-Bengals game, 8,200 is the price. The thing I love here is the volume that Najee's getting. You know, last week he only had 12, 12 attempts, so people might be freaked out about that. But I think you should be confident in this guy. He's averaging 89% of the opportunity share, which ranks first at his position. He's running it just under 19 times per game and averages the second most targets per game amongst all running backs at 6.2 per game. Uh, These two two teams, the Steelers and the Bengals, they're, you know, AFC North. They met up in week three. Harris finished as the RB1 overall when they met up last time gaining 142 yards and 28.2 DraftKings points. He also had 19 targets in that game. I had to double check that, man. That is absolutely ridiculous. The Bengals have kind of struggled defending the pass against opposing running backs. They give up the most targets and receptions this season. So even if Najee gets half of that 19, you know, that 19 target share, if it's cut in half to nine or 10, he still could be a top three, you know, in targets again with running backs. Uh, I would say the price is a little bit iffy at 8,200. If he was down around like 7,600, I'd probably be super invested, but I'm still going to have him in some lineups. The thing that really gets me is how I just said I love CMC. You can throw 800 more at Christian McCaffrey and you can get him, but I will have Najee in some lineups too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Najee is a strong play. DK each and every week just due to his receiving upside that that you mentioned there with, with those targets. Let's move on on into the wide receiver position here. This guy that I'm going to talk about, man, these last few weeks has just been absolutely electric to watch on television, and that is Debo Samuel coming in at 7,900 this week versus the Vikings that we've seen some – some shootouts the last couple weeks with Kirk Cousins and these Vikings, so I'm going to have some Debo Samuel exposure this week. He's had a an, enjoying a breakout year in 2021. You know, coming into this year, Brandon Iuke was getting all the hype. Uh, Based off of what we had seen this last year in Dynasty, his prices were going up. I ended up with a lot of Debo Samuel this past year just due to the inflation of IUC and and the discount that we were seeing on Samuel coming off of an injury. But what he has done since he's come back has been phenomenal. I love how the 49ers and Shanahan are incorporating him in. You know, We're seeing him get more touches out of the backfield this year. They're intent on getting the ball in his hand. I think that some people might be willing to fade Samuel this week knowing that he's coming off of back-to-back five or fewer target games but the fact that he's locked in with that volume on the ground and and the the, the different ways that we are seeing him be used is, is just phenomenal so i i can't get enough debo samuel right now 7900 even as a one-off i'm gonna have a lot of exposure nate
1: yeah i agree you know i was a big brand IU guy coming into the year i had a ton of shares of him I was really hoping that that success would continue because I do think that Ayuk is a talented receiver. But Debo is pretty much having a breakout year, in my opinion. And then this week, you know, you look at the matchup you know, of the Vikings cornerback, Rashad Breland. He's been pretty much horrible this year, to be honest with you. He's been targeted uh, 62 times, which is the ninth most overall in the league and allowed 39 passes to end in receptions, which is the sixth most. So you pair up a guy that's on a hot streak with a good matchup, man, I'm all about it. Another guy I'm all about. There's a lot of a lot of analysts that are saying they're not they're going to fade Cooper Cup this week. I'm going to pair him with Stafford. The price is it's extremely high at 9600. But the thing I want to say is you're you know if you're fading him, it's at your own risk because I think he's going to go off. Everybody knows the connections there. He leads the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns in his first season. Paired up with Stafford, 13 targets in each of the last two games, which is super consistent. This is without Robert Woods, so that tells you the story there. Uh, you know, we have Odo Beckham coming in. We're going to see how that goes. I don't, if he does have an impact, you know, maybe it will be right away, but I think it'll take a minute for him to get connected with the offense. Cup has broke numerous slates this season. And I think that, uh, I think this is another a slate breaking week, to be honest with you. He's third amongst wide receivers, 34.3 draft King ceiling points um, on run the Sims. That's a nice, nice little stud uh, info thing there. So he's definitely, what made me laugh is he's a thousand dollars more than uh Devontae adams i've never seen anything like that so that kind of freaked me out but i'm, I'm pairing him up with stafford in this game if people fade him it's only going to help me i'm going to be all about it i think he's definitely a lock in cash for sure too but i want yeah, to you- say one. go ahead go ahead Uh,
0: You can, you can get Stafford and cup into your lineups, you know, probably as like a a smaller stack, you know, there's enough ways to get creative and that 9,600 is going to keep enough people away when they see the difference between him and a Devante. We thought Cooper cup had had hit his ceiling and and regression was coming. Well, hello, Robert Woods on season ending injury. And and Cooper cup is just now scratching the surface of, of what he's capable of here in 2021. So, you know, DK did a good job here of pricing him up. And I think that it is going to keep his ownership, you know, uh, uh, in check to a degree uh, just being that high up. So I, I I love the play and 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 well done by DK to get him up there at the top.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's, he's definitely earned that price tag and, you know, it hurts us a little bit, but at the same time it could help us with the ownership. Before we move on from wide receivers, though, this is kind of cheating. I want to mention another guy because I'm expecting huge things this week. Jamar Chase. Against the Steelers, he's 7,300. He's been on a bit of a roll reversal lately. Through the first six games of the season, he was seeing an average of tar- uh, 15 targets or more down the field. However, he's averaged less than seven targets per game in that span. Uh, and since then, he's he's seeing nine targets per game with an eight out of 11.6. So obviously, this helps his floor, but limits his ceiling. Um, you know, more than fantasy players realize. But the amount of volume puts him in position to break a big player or two against the Steelers, and I'm expecting this game to be a pretty decent shootout I haven't looked at him in it, but I believe the projected point total was 48 points. So that's super intriguing. And, you know, I'm on Chase this week, too. I just had to bring that up.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I like Chase this week. And you know, Higgins kind of feeling more more like a fade to me this week. It seems like he's been the, the cash guy each and every week with the price check. But he, he really hasn't been what we've been paying for these last few weeks. Uh, and i I think chase just just as well as Cup has slate breaking upside. So. Um, you know, I'm right there with you on him this week. I'll have some exposure as well. Let's move on into tight ends. Nate, tell me about George Kittle with the 49ers against these Vikings. I mentioned Debo Samuel mentioned the shootout potential there with the 49ers and the Vikings. It's a game that might go a little bit under the radar, but probably rather popular and one that I'll be looking to have some game stacks on, but where are you at on George Kittle? I know you love him this week.
1: Yeah, I've always been a big Kittle guy. Uh, some of that may be due to his you know, love for professional wrestling, but no, seriously, I uh, I do like him this week. He's 6,400. They're facing the Vikings. He is the most expensive tight end due to the fact that the Chiefs are on a bye, so we've got no Travis Kelsey. Um, he's been pretty hot as of late. His last three DK scores were 24, 16, and 13 over the last three weeks, and he does have a fairly tough matchup this week against the Vikings. They're fourth in giving up the fewest points to tight ends so far this season, but the thing is, is Kittle has done pretty well when he's facing, um, you know, when he's at home facing tough defenses. He's averaged 16.2 fantasy points per game. You know, according to NFLFantasy.com, his consistency rate's 83%. This week on Run the Sims, he's got a base projection of roughly 16.5 and a projected ceiling of 27.5. So I'm going to roll the dice on Kittle this week. We, uh, we tend to probably pay down at tight end, and there's some great values we're going to talk about later. But I'm going to have to have Kittle in the lineup or two for sure.
0: Yeah, I like him definitely as my favorite pay-up tight end this week. If you're going to go for another pay-up guy, I'm just going to go ahead and bring up Kyle Pitts at Jacksonville Jaguars coming in at 6100 300 cheaper. I think his ownership will be pretty low given one of the higher-priced tight ends and what we've seen out of this Atlanta offense the last couple weeks Cordell Patterson expected to be back so Matt Ryan expected to have more options take a little bit of pressure there off of Kyle Pitts who we've seen actually perform given given opportunities but when he's the only option there in that offense it, it really uh didn't allow him to excel but in the in this matchup against the Jaguars I think he could have some appeal here so for another payup option with potentially lower ownership I do like Kyle Pitts this week. Nate, let's move on into the bargains, though, starting, though, with the quarterback position, a guy that just can't quite seem to get up to that upper-tier pricing. You have Joe Burrow here for the uh, Bengals-Steelers showdown matchup there at 6200 I love this rivalry matchup here between these two organizations, and it, it seems like it doesn't disappoint any given time. So I think targeting this game in particular could pay dividends as well this week.
1: Yeah, I really, I was at first liking the Rams-Packers game a lot, but now since I've been, you know, digging in the last three days, I'm really about this uh, Bengals-Steelers game. If I've got Najee on, um, you know, in my lineups, I think playing Burrow is going to be a great bounce back. Last week, Burrow pretty much let Joe Mixon, you know, do the majority of the damage in their win uh, over the Raiders. But the Bengals passing game should be more active this week against Pittsburgh. And, you know, as we mentioned before, we like Jamar Chase too. So there's, a you know, another solid stacking option. If you throw Najee in there, you're going to, it's going to cost you, but I just don't think, I don't expect chase to post, you know, two relatively quiet games in a row. And the Steelers are actually ranked 30th in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So that right there tells you it's a pretty decent play. Uh, like I mentioned, projected point totals almost 50 points. So I think burrow at 6,200 is pretty fair. I'm not sure if it's, it's borderline, not a bargain, but he's still just under, you know, that 6,500 threshold kind of, but, uh, I got to bring up something I never thought I would say. I'm glad co- uh, coach is here to hear it. He's probably going to be pissed, but uh, I'm considering Big Ben this week. He's 5200 on DK, and as I mentioned, I love this game. We love Chase and Burrow. Pittsburgh wide receivers are intriguing. You know, uh, this week we're going to talk about Deontay Johnson a little bit briefly. Uh, Big Big Ben is, you know, it's a weird punt. I think his ownership is going to be low. Nobody, nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to play Roethlisberger. I honestly, I know his arm shot, but I think he's going to have to throw this week. And if he can just put up a decent game at 5,200, you know, he's going to hit value. So I might roll the dice with a little bit of Big Ben, probably the only week I will this year.
0: You know, you don't have to talk me into Deontay any given week. I'm going to have some shares this week, definitely. And and I I like attacking this game. This is one of a couple of games that I feel like you can do a game stack in with a build, and I'm probably going to end up doing that, finding two or three of these games that, that I really do like, Figuring out my favorite game stack with those and then having a couple of one-offs or mini-stacks there there to boot to fill out the lineup. But uh, there, there's a couple of games this week that I think it, having those game stacks can really be beneficial. Quarterback again for a bargain this week. I think he was my bargain last week as well, and it paid off. You know, And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Cam Newton, Carolina Panthers at Miami Dolphins, 5,600 super cam is back in this past week cam did get it done with his legs with a 10 for 46 and one rushing line while also adding another 189 yards and two touchdowns through the air in route to a qb4 scoring week with 26.2 fantasy points yes these these dolphins have been a little bit better the past couple weeks as far as their defense goes but As I mentioned, DK did not really adjust his price all that much from this past week. Given what we've seen out of him usage-wise and and him taking the reins there in Carolina, I think he's priced low enough to where you can absolutely get Cam Newton and CMC into a lineup. So, you know, we did it last week. It paid off for us. We made a little bit of bank on that Cam Newton-CMC line. I'm going to go back to it again this week because until they price him up, cam newton is a bargain in dfs for week 12.
1: yeah he definitely is he's only up 500 bucks you know and like you said that gives you if you got McCaffrey in your lineup at 9,000, you you're going to need to save some money somewhere so why not stack him with a quarterback you know the the thing i love about stacking quarterbacks and running backs together is you expose yourself to every touchdown that's going to be scored in that game because one of them's either going to throw it or one's going to run it so i absolutely do love that uh moving on to the running backs this This makes me worried the more and more and more I looked into it, but I'm still going to bring him up. It's Saquon Barkley, 6,300. The only reason I'm considering this is because Jason Garrett, thankfully, was finally fired as the Giants offensive coordinator. The guy was horrible. His coaching style just should not be in the league anymore. The league has completely moved on from all that. Uh, You know, Freddie Kitchens has taken over. I'm not, that could be worse, could be better. We're going to see. But Barkley should see better days, you know, than when Garrett was there. Monday night was Barkley's first game back after being out since week five. And he admittedly even said after the game that he needed to get back into game shape. So it is a risky play. Uh, We already have a roadmap of Barkley getting ramped up into playing after that knee injury uh, earlier this season in week two, Uh, his uh, second game after his injury last season, he only saw 15 opportunities, but was on the field for 83% of the snaps. So the opportunities could come. It's not a sure thing that we'll see, you know, the same usage, but Right now, he's cheap enough that I'll roll the dice because the Eagles defense has given up 27.2 DraftKings points to opposing running backs on average this season. You know, I'm not sure if he's actually really healthy. He had that one explosive run last week and went directly to the sideline. He ended up coming back in. So I think one thing to consider is playing Barkley in some showdown slates if you're going to do that because I think it's a little bit safer gamble there.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready for Barkley to get back to health here. Uh, the explosiveness seems like it is still there. Maybe this shakeup with with the the front office changes will you know we'll see a little bit better usage out of him. Uh, usually in these situations, I feel like they tend to you know leaning in on the run game a little bit more once a head coach is out from underneath there. So, but I'm actually going to talk about the other side of the ball in the Eagles and that's Miles Sanders this week, a a true bargain at 5,100. And I'm getting back to him this week for the first time since week seven, when I was extremely overweight and he went down with that injury that sidelined him for the next three weeks. Now, in, since his return, even after losing a fumble this past week, Sanders has ended up leading this backfield in carries with 16, snap share of forty six percent. Jordan Howard exited early this past week, has been ruled out this week, and now we'll only have Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell in the mix for a few snaps. I think that this matchup versus the Giants is is just a little too appealing. For this price tag, the Giants' defense has been smacked around the last few weeks. For twenty-seven point eight fantasy points versus the Chiefs, thirty-three point three fantasy points to running backs versus the Raiders, and twenty-four fantasy points versus the Bucks over the last three weeks. So, I think Miles Sanders is, is going to get, you know. We've seen these Eagles and their rushing attempts each and every week. They're looking at 35, almost 40 rushing attempts a week, and and that's proved to be profitable for the running back position there for Philadelphia. Yes, Jalen Hurts is is going to get some rushing touchdowns. We saw it this past week as he, as he had a couple. But Miles Sanders this week versus a Giants team that, that really hasn't found their identity offensively, I, I think is a, a great spot here against these Giants at 5,100.
1: Yeah, I'll admit it to you, buddy. I um, I never thought I would say it this year, you know, targeting Miles Sanders, but um, he's he's been decent, and this is a good opportunity for him to come through. And the thing I like the most is his price tag at 5,100, so I'll definitely be playing him a little bit. And, uh, another guy I'm going to be playing, a guy that I think we both like a lot, I know I love him, is Ricky Elijah Moore of the New York Jets. They're facing the Texans this week, Craig's, Craig's team. He's 5,600. You know, he's gone from, at the beginning of the year, he was kind of a disappointment, but he's gone to the fringe right now of Rookie of the Year candidate in just a handful of games. Since week eight, uh, he's caught 24 of 31 targets for 336 yards and four touchdowns. That is tremendous, man. Uh, his floor of the past four games, 13.1 points. His ceiling has reached 32.6 points against Miami last weekend. Uh, he's 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 less of a value now than he was on DraftKings earlier in the year. His price is up $700. But uh, he still at yields plenty of value against the Texans' defense that ranks 24th in uh, points allowed to wideouts. So no matter how much we talk about him, yeah, I don't see his ownership being high at 5600. I'm going to have, I'm going to play him. The Jets just they, Zach Wilson's back. The Jets need to be competitive, and I think they're going to rely on Ty Johnson, the guy we'll talk about in a minute, and Elijah Moore.
0: Yeah, no, I, I like uh, the Jets this week against against Houston who has you can take advantage of that matchup each and every week. You know, this is a great matchup for him to get back in here and and grab back a hold of this Jets offense. So, might be a week early before I really feel comfortable having a, a lot of exposure, but you know, mass multi entry, uh, you know, jet jet stacks are definitely in the realm of outcomes. Uh I, I just want to mention real quick here a wide receiver for the Jaguars. That's a, been a little bit underwhelming this season due to the hype from this this past offseason. That's LaVisca Chenault this week coming against my Atlanta Falcons at 4,400. Jamal Agnew is, is part of the reason why I'm going to bring him up. He is now on IR, and it's kind of been the thorn in LaVisca's side this season between him and Dan the emergence of Dan Arnold. Uh, LaVisca has really taken a backseat in this offense, but I believe with the departure of Agnew now on IR and this matchup against my Atlanta Falcons, I think that LaVisca Chanel is going to see an uptick in volume and have an opportunity here for success. And I like the price tag there at
1: 4,400. Yeah, there's an excellent opportunity there. And the price tag, like you said, is absolutely you know perfect for a GPP play. But before we move on to tight ends, I want to bring up your guys that I was going to early. It's Deontay Johnson. I was going through a lot of data this week, and I realized that his floor, all this whole ceiling, his floor is 11.7 points in every game he's played this season. That is super safe, and he's gone over 20 points three times. So I had to mention him. He's 6,600. You know, we're talking about that Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game that I love again. So I couldn't squeeze you know, full things on both these guys in, but I, I cannot just not bring up Deontay Johnson here.
0: Yeah, no. Any chance we get here on SODFS to blow a little hot smoke there towards Deontay Johnson, we are going to take advantage. So um, let's move on in though to the tight end position here, rounding out our bargains, Nate. Starting with your Denver Broncos tight end Noah Fant coming in at forty six hundred.
1: Yeah, I really like Fant this week. I've never been a, a real big Fant guy. I never had nothing uh, you know against him, but the price tag, like you said, is forty six hundred. Generally, we like to find some bargains at tight ends to save some money. Uh, This is a perfect opportunity to do it. The Broncos have a projected team point total on their side of 22 points. Uh, They're playing the Chargers this week. A team that gives up 17 DraftKings points on average per game to the tight end position. So that recipe right there is perfect. Divisional matchups are usually competitive. Hopefully the scoring can bounce back and forth, which will bode well for fans coming off a bye. Bye. You know, the volume is a priority to position. He's got 59 targets so far this season, which is more than any, you know, the second tight end for Denver's got 21. So they're obviously, they love Fant. Uh, the Chargers give up the second highest um, points to the tight end position, like I said, which is even more of a plus for Fant. And w- another thing I like is Denver's got their wide receivers back and healthy, and that should ease some of the, you know, the the attention and the tension off of Fant in passing plays. Hopefully the DBs will have to focus more on the Denver Broncos wide receivers uh fans third in the league in the moment at red zone targets makes it even better here so i'm all about fan at this mid-range price man
0: yeah Uh shout out Cortland sutton who just got his extension there for the denver broncos oh yeah love, love that guy love to see him working his way back from that injury that we saw and oh, yeah. love to see the organization taking the care of him and betting in on him for the long haul let me though talk about my tight end bargain and that is Rob Gronk- Gronkowski for the Tampa Bay Bucks playing in Indianapolis this week versus the Colts at 4,400 this season. Gronkowski averages 7.3 targets, 63.8 yards per game, and 17.9 fantasy points per game when healthy. He's seen at least one end zone target in every single game this year, and Tampa Bay is expected to score four touchdowns this week with a 28 point implied point total. The Indianapolis Colts currently rank second worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to the opposing tight end position. Uh, you know, I, I think Gronk is back. He he showed us th- this past week that. You know, he, he's back from, from his back injury and and came through in a game that you know, Tom Brady needed a few extra options. I don't believe Antonio Brown will be back this week. So uh we still get a little bit of a condensed pie there for the Tampa Bay Bucks, forty four hundred getting about two thousand dollars cheaper. Um, you know, then than the tier one tight ends here. I like Rob Gronkowski this week and him and Tom uh continue that connection
1: that we've seen throughout twenty twenty one. That's exactly what I was just going to say is I always like Gronk when he's healthy. If he's paired up with Brady, Brady's going to look for him in the red zone. And another thing that's also intriguing is the fact that Mike Evans is banged up another red zone target of Brady's. So that's just going to give more Gronk, more opportunities. I love Brady this week. I love Chris Godwin and I love Gronkowski.
0: That's it for our bargain guys. And we are moving on in though, to our punts. Uh, of the week starting at the quarterback position going all the way down here to the low 5k range starting with Tyrod Taylor Jets at the Texans this week Tyrod Taylor's rushing upside has always provided a great floor and here in week 12 he faces this Jets defense that has allowed 16 touchdowns with just three interceptions and while injuries have only allowed Taylor to play in four games this season he's been pretty good in most of them and outside of the one horrific outing against the Miami Dolphins. He's combined for six touchdowns and zero turnovers. That number should become even more impressive this week. And I consider Taylor locked in here as one, one of the lower Lower price quarterbacks that you can build around, and uh, you know Cooks is is a guy that you ob- obviously always want to stack with him typically. But I don't mind playing Tyrod naked as, as Cooks just really hasn't performed as well as I would like them to. A couple of weeks now he he's kind of burned me. So uh, Tyrod, I don't mind playing him naked this week at fifty three hundred, but Cooks is always there
1: for the stack. You know, he's, he's a dual threat quarterback, so I'm always going to be about it. The price tag is right. And there's actually down in our punts here at another position, there's a guy I'm going to bring up from the Texans um, that kind of makes me like Tyrod even more. Uh, but the guy I like is the exact opposite of Tyrod Taylor. He's a pocket passer he's pro, since his days in Alabama. It's Mac Jones, quarterback of the Patriots. He's 5,400. Somehow this guy has led New England to five consecutive wins and the Patriots are at the top of the AFC East for the first time since Tom Brady left for the for the Buccaneers which is pretty incredible. He's been extremely efficient. He's completed 41 of 49 passes over New England's past two games. That's an 83.7% completion rate and ranks second in the NFL in season-long completion rate at 70.2%. He's just behind Kyler Murray at 72.7. It's a pretty incredible stat. To put it into better context, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers led the NFL with seventy percent completion rates last season. Um, you know, so that he's playing the he's playing the Titans. They rank twenty eighth in fantasy points per game yielded to the quarterbacks. So that's that just makes it even better. Uh, you know, the, the Pats might not cover the five point five spread, but they should have a solid showing against a shaky Titans secondary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, these, these punt plays weekly. They they can be fun, man. You know, just often in DFS, I'm always you know a lot of guys like to build their lineups around the these top tier guys, these pay up options. A lot of times, I like to identify these these true values, those punt plays, these, these misprices, if you will. And if you can get those guys right, it, it allows you to to get several of those those higher price guys. So, uh, I th- I think a lot of times just looking at it from that perspective, have having these. these lower price tiers that you can identify and and build your lineup around those even and a lot of times these lower price guys seem to be more of the one-offs in in, in a build but you can often build a stack with a lot of these lower price guys too and then have your one-offs be you know a Najee Harris or a Jamar Chase uh type of player And, and I think that can can prove to be beneficial in the long run. It's all about getting creative. And so each and every week, these cheaper guys are the guys that I feel like I I really want to pour my heart into a, a little bit more with the research, with the identification process that we do each and every week. Um, But let's move on along, though, past Tyrod Taylor, past Mac Jones into the running back position. Nate, starting with a Jets running back here and not the one that we've been talking about in in Carter, but here with Ty Johnson at 4,300.
1: Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. uh, I was super sad when Carter went down. I've been loving what he's been doing this year. But the fact of the matter is, is that with Michael Carter not in the game, it just opens the door. For Ty Johnson and even Tevin Coleman, possibly at four thousand, but I think uh, I think people should be more interested in Ty Johnson. I think the Jets, you know, when Zach Wilson are going to have to lead, lean on him and Elijah Moore, as I mentioned before. Um, I think Johnson could possibly handle like forty percent of the early down work role, um, you know, and some of the long down passing work too, when they're in third and long and stuff. So last week Johnson played one hundred percent of the snaps of the two minute drill in the long down distance plays. That is absolutely great. At this price, at 4,300, if he can get 12 to 15 touches, which I I expect him to, I think it's a solid value, and he's also got some upside. So that's how I'm going to justify, you know, this pump play. And you know, like you said, these punts are fun because if you nail them, then you know it. You know, you feel good about it. You know, so I think uh, I think Ty Johnson's going to have a good week.
0: Yeah, no, I love the call. I love the price point, you know, for 4,300, that's damn near positional minimum price tag there of 4,000. And with Michael Carter, not in the picture, Ty Johnson, he, he's been viable even with Carter there and Carter's been productive, but without him, I, I really think Ty Johnson is the back there to target and, And a $4,300 price tag here is advantageous for the rest of your lineup. Another cheap running back potentially in play this week. You know, may get a little bit more news, but uh, Dontrell Hillard here for the Titans at the Patriots, coming in at 4,600. He played 63% of offensive snaps, finishing with seven seven carries for 35 yards and eight receptions for 47 yards on 10 targets. Nichols could be back this week coming back from a concussion – this or from this past week game at new England Hillard's outing was enough though, to convince Tennessee to keep him on the roster over seven time pro bowler, Adrian Peterson, who was let go. This is more about opportunity than anything else. And and I believe now with, also, A.J. Brown being ruled out of this game. The Titans don't have many options for, for offense in general, whether it be run game or in the passing game. Um, you know, This is a game that I'm probably going to be avoiding for the most part just, just due to the point totals that, that we're expected to see from each team. Doesn't seem like a, a a game that either team's really going to have their foot on the throttle. So, uh, but here getting here low and probably going to be ratherly low owned. I think Dontrell Hilliard is an option here this week at 4,600. Sticking with though, that opportunity that that presents itself there with the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to Nick Westbrook Aquina there of the Titans. Same matchup there at the Patriots for 4,000 this, this week I mentioned A.J. Brown is out. Well, he was aided by the early exit of Marcus Johnson this past week. That really burned me. Last week I had Marcus Johnson pretty much as one of my punt play identif- that I had identified at 3,500, like the opportunity he was stepping into, had the hamstring injury go down there. More or less the, the first drive of the game really killed a lot of my lineups this past week. But moving on from him, the, the player pool has gotten even smaller there for Tennessee. I, I like Westbrook Akeem here as, as he steps into an even bigger role. He led the team in receptions and yards, and his primary production did come off of a 46-yard catch early in the fourth quarter also chipped in receptions of 16 and 14 yards to record his first 100-yard game of his career. The Titans wide receiver core is extremely banged up, and he's got all the opportunity in the world here for Ryan Tannehill to have any sort of passing option in which a game that I expect them to ultimately be trailing here to the Patriots at, at game's
1: end. Yeah, it's all, it's all about opportunity, man, and the price is right. So if you're playing GPPs, like you said, we'll probably avoid this game. But you know, if you get down to the point where you're trying to fill your last couple spots and you don't have much money, look right there at Westbrook Kina. I think he's, I think he's a solid play at four thousand. My next guy, though, my guy, my punt wide receiver is not a solid play. This is a, this is an actual punt, like a real punt. It's Nico Collins. I've loved this guy in college. Uh, he's facing the Texans this week. He's thirty-two hundred, so the price is extremely low. But as I said, this is this is a very a viable, viable play if matter of fact is his his role's even diminished the last few weeks his target count is decreasing every game since returning from injury in week 6 run the sims projections on him are actually a bit optimistic um but you know he certainly could get it done on limited volume against an awful the jets secondary is just awful so you know it's not the safest bet it's not even a safe bet at all but you know Dan, you know Danny Amendola you know that's Joe, uh, coach coach's guy uh and Chris Conley they're seeing more targets over the past month i think rostering Any of these Texans wide receivers basically comes down to how much you think, you know, matchup matters for DFS and for wide receivers. Personally, I don't think it's, you know, that impactful really right now since, you know, bad teams get behind early and that, you know, reduced volume balances out with increased efficiency. So this is a massive punt, but I think Collins has an opportunity this week with Tyrod, if you're playing Tyrod and, you know, you don't get to uh, Brandon Cooks. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice with Collins in at least one lineup. I just, I've seen him play in college. He's very talented and I think he's going to get better. I had
0: Collins as a punt in one lineup this past week. I can't remember what it was, but he ended up catching a touchdown and I think he just stepped out of bounds, but I, I was there celebrating in my living room for the Nico Collins touchdown that ultimately did not become a touchdown, but, Uh, I will remember that one and potentially go back to him this week, though. Nate, let's talk about cheap tight ends here. One of our favorite uh, segments of the week is these punt play tight ends that we look to aim for every week. and It's tough because I I can make a case for so many of these cheap tight ends, but this week I really wanted to challenge myself.
1: Nate, who did you go with with your punt play tight end of the week? You know, if we thought uh, we thought Nico Collins was dangerous, <laughs> wait till you hear this. I'm going, I don't even want to say it, but going with Evan Ingram, tight end for the New York Giants, 3,800. You know, when he started out his career, I had him in a couple season long leagues and he was decent. And it's just went down from hill, downhill from there. I honestly hate advocating for this guy. I really do. It's a super vital play. He's coming off a 3.2 performance on DraftKings against the Bucks. You know, I just I feel like if he's ever going to bounce back, if he's ever going to do anything, it's going to be this week. He had double digit PPR points, you know, in season long leagues in week seven, eight and nine. The Eagles ranked dead last and fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, you know, I think if you're hurting somewhere, you're looking for a value, plug Ingerman, in, cross your fingers in tournaments.
0: Yeah, no, it never feels good plugging Evan Ingram into the lineup. You know, how the mighty have fallen over the last couple of years. Although, you know, I, it may even feel a lot better, though, than the guy that I've selected here. I've gone all the way down here to $2,600. I guarantee you there's not many people surfing the pool down there at 2600 and that is, forgive me if I butcher this name, uh, Josiah Daguerra. Uh you know, I think that that's we're gonna roll with that, but the Rams at the Packers this week, twenty six hundred, and he's coming off of a two for thirty seven and one line from this past week. Has only ten receptions this season, but the twenty twenty third rounder looks like a player on the rise as he caught both of his two passes and has seen his snap count percentage. Increase now in four straight games with Robert Tonian going to IR. His 27 snaps this past Sunday led all Packers' tight ends and were actually 10 more snaps than Mercedes Lewis, the player who finished second on that list there of tight end snaps. So a true punt play, as we mentioned, though. 2,600 tied to a quarterback that we know has, has slate upside there in Aaron Rodgers, even with his injured foot. But that is it for the tight end there for the punt plays. Nate, let's talk about though uh, some of our cheaper DSTs that we'll be targeting this week.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple. Well, I've really one of my favorite things has always been to pay pay way down at tight end. I'm not trying to pay up for anybody. I'm trying to look for the sneaky defense that's going to have a couple interceptions. The two I'm looking at this week are the Panthers DST against the Dolphins. They're at 3100. It's not super cheap, but you know, it's not four thousand. My other punt is going to be, uh, or my other DST, I should say, is going to be the Bengals DST against uh, Pittsburgh. 2700, Big Ben could throw a couple picks, you know. So if you're looking for some cheap DSTs, those are my two. I don't have a ton of analysis on it. It's more of just a gut feeling.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I actually didn't have to look hard for this one. Um, you know, I, I clicked on the DST button as I usually do. I scrolled all the way down to the bottom as I usually do. And then I start there and I work my way up till I find one that I think, you know, I can say, yeah, you know what? I could see a path there to this team, not just getting obliterated, potentially having a few turnovers. And there are the bottom two staring me at the face this week. And that is the Jaguars versus my Falcons for 2200. And, you know, my Falcons have I think they've scored a total of six points the, the last two weeks. So it feels like a decent bet at this point that the Jaguars might be a decent play. They're paying all the way down or just one up from that is the Texans DST at twenty three hundred playing the Jets, who are a team that haven't been great this year. Yes, they are getting their starter and quarterback back this week, but it's his first game back. And again, you're paying all the way down at the end of the day you know I, I i try to look at these dst matchups and if i have a mid or high price dst and they don't come through i'm kicking myself but if i have one of these low priced ones and they don't come through what did you expect you you picked this low price dst you schmuck you know of course they of course they didn't have points and if they do come through you feel like you know you, you knocked it out of the park so i'm going to stay low every time because at the end of the day the self loathe is a lot less
1: if I pay 2,200 for a DST and they, as long as they don't get me like negative five points, right. I'm good with it, man. Two points, you're paying 2,200. I, I actually don't mind it. There's a good chance, you know, they score you eight or nine. So definitely, definitely about, I, that's those are two good DSTs, man. Those are super cheap and good calls there. I really like that. Um, kind of moving on. I'm super excited about this. We have a new partner this week. Uh, it's with Surfshark VPN. We're really thrilled to announce, you know, that partnership with them. Surfshark VPN is our hero product, bringing humanized privacy, security, and access. It is the fastest growing VPN on the market, currently sits at number three globally in brand searches. They provide all cell phone, tablet, laptop, and CPU users with unbeatable VPN security for all devices. If you don't know what what a VPN is, I'll try to fill you in. A VPN is a virtual private network. It is technology that allows you to set up a secure connection between your device and another one Via the public internet, which I do all the time, I have lots of devices. It's like creating a search, a uh, special secret communication channel that nobody can snoop on. And with apps like Surfshark, it's also very easy to do. The best reason to use a VPN is simple: it's security online. There's a lot of you know people out there snooping around online and stealing identities and credit cards. You know you don't want to leave your digital breadcrumbs that connect to you all of your devices. You know the activity with you. So with the VPN, you'll hide your IP address. It's kind of like your home address, but for the internet, mask your activities from the internet service providers, and there's plenty more they do too.
0: Yeah. And and furthermore, there's a lot of great shows on Netflix that are no longer available in the US. Well, with Surfshark, you can still watch those shows like The Office in here in the United States. And for a limited time, Surfshark is offering an 83% off for three months for free during their Black Friday sale. Head over to SurfShark.com while you still can, save some money, keep you and your family safe, and relive all the best Michael Scott moments. That's SurfShark.com and get premium VPN service at a fraction of the cost. Nate, it is our favorite part of the episode where we get to take all the analysis, all the info here that we have created and and build us a lineup here on DK. Are you ready to get started? And more importantly, where do you want to start? Traditionally, I like to kick it off with you picking one of your slam dunks of the week, whether that is a, a low price guy or a higher price guy. Hit me this week, what position we go into, and we can take a look if you want. You know, you, you can just tell me a position, a guy, whatever you want to do. Let's just build a lineup. A couple of guys here just kicking it, talking football, and building a million-dollar lineup.
1: What's happening? I think I think the guy I like the most, I was going to say Jamar Chase at 7,300, but I actually am kind of thinking about Debo Samuel, your, uh, your high-priced wide receiver uh, at 7,900. How do you feel about that start? I love Debo Samuel, and what I love
0: about him most this week is I don't mind working him into a stack potentially with Jimmy G, but I think he's a great one-off. Just given his usage that we've seen, I feel like he's game script proof. You know, via via rushing, via passing, uh, Debo Samuel feels like a slam dunk. So I don't mind plugging him in at all, and I, I don't feel inclined to necessarily bring Jimmy G with him. So let's hold off on that. Let's go ahead and start
1: this build off with a one off in Debo Samuel. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I think the floor is the floor is high and the ceiling's high too, so that's exactly what you want. And his price isn't over eight K yet, so let's get him in while we can.
0: All right. I'm gonna do I think I'm gonna look here at the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game. I'm thinking about doing a little game stack here. We talked about Joe Burrow. We like him. We talked about Jamar Chase. We like him.
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I was actually going to bring up Burrow, but I was I didn't know kind of which way you wanted to go on quarterbacks this week. I, I definitely like Burrow a ton, man.
0: Yeah, I like Burrow. It feels a little bit safer than Big Ben to me. So I, I think that uh, Burrow and Chase is definitely an option, and we can – Look back here, Najee Harris, eighty-two hundred. Let's see what that leaves us if we have that game stack in. There it goes.
1: Yeah, I there. love it. I just so we yeah that we right might.
0: there is a what we call a core four right there. We got the game stack, the correlation there. Najee Harris bring back with there with with Burrow and Chase and our one-off there of Debo Samuel. So we're going to have to get a little creative. Let's go ahead and – I like to do this a lot of times. Let's, let's let's make the picture clearer. Go ahead and select our DST because that the price distortions can be deceiving. And we're going to – Nate, for this one, since we went expensive there with our core four, or what I'm going to deem rather expensive, I'm going to go with one of my lower two guys. We're going to go all the way down to the bottom here, get the Jaguars versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons rank 32nd versus – Opposing DSTs.
1: Yeah, we definitely are going to have to save some money. I was going to bring that up too. I I I don't mind it at all, buddy. So
0: right there is a little bit of a money saver. Now we're looking at just over four and a half thousand per remaining slot. I think this immediately leads me to the tight end position, and we're going to have to punt tight end with this build. So let's take a look. Let let's keep it with the same game uh, potentially take a look at where is Uzama is 3,400 in play. What about Friermuth 4,300, a little bit more. I think uh, Uzama's in play here against Pittsburgh for 3,400. It's either that or we we pay even lower down. Maybe I kind of like uh, Ryan Griffin this week against houston 2600 he is the tight end one there for the jets against houston who are terrible against the position and it's a true punt play at 2600 give me a hell yeah nate and i'll lock him in
1: it's definitely a punt but i don't mind it he's got seven targets two targets and four targets over the last three weeks so he's, he's getting a little bit of work there he scored a touchdown three weeks ago. the price is right he doesn't need a lot of production to hit value so we definitely need to save some money
0: I'm going to lock him in. It's either that or we could go to uh, Josiah Degaria, who I mentioned earlier in the show for 2600 But I think I actually like Griffin better, given the matchup and given the role that I feel like he's a lot more locked in. I would be surprised if he didn't see any targets. I wouldn't be all that shocked if Degaria did not end up getting any looks given uh, in, in this week. So let's go with Griffin. I love a good cheap tight end. And here we are now looking at above – 5,000 at 5,200 remaining per player here have a running back, a wide receiver and a flex position still to fill Nate, anybody else here uh, that, that you know, maybe in that 4k range that we could plug in at a given position. I know we talked about a couple of running backs and a couple of wide receivers in that range. Let's pick one of those guys that we mentioned to to uh, add to our lineup here to save us a little bit money to make it a little bit more interesting for our last two picks.
1: Yeah. Give me Ty Johnson from the Jets, man, 4,300. I think it's an absolute perfect spot right here for us to save a little bit of cash. If we do that, you know, our average remaining salary jumps up to 5,600 for these last two positions.
0: Love that call. Love that play. Like I mentioned, and love what it does for our salary, getting us up to 5600 here p- remaining per player. And as per usual, I like to click on my flex button, go right there to that threshold we have for each player. I think Pittman is a decent option this week. I know you've also talked about Elijah Moore. Obviously, we can't have that much Jets exposure. Um Okay, yeah. so I think we need. We're, let's let's scroll down from this point here and try and find somebody a little bit cheaper that we could get it on. We have T Higgins staring us in the face here at fifty four hundred. Does it feel like a little too heavy for the
1: Burrow stack at that point? I think it is a little too heavy because I think Mixon's going to get work too. I think it's a real bummer that Kadarius Tony is doubtful now because I would have liked that there. Um, you know, I've just I looked into him a little bit this week, and that's super sucks that he's probably not going to play. I'm trying to find, hmm, hmm, nope, trying to find somebody here. It's a little bit tough right now. I think, yeah, I don't think Higgins is a good idea. Pittman even kind of scares me too, man. And like, I do love Elijah more, but we can't have that much Jets exposure. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Deontay Johnson. 66 hundred we got the Najee harris i don't mind actually having Najee harris and deontay johnson Mm -hmm. without big ben Uh, you know i feel like those those are two players that that you don't need to bring big ben along with because big ben's just what you know he's waiting you down he's he's making the air that you have in your tires escape from from those tiny little cracks and crevices from the dry rot from you leaving it parked in one spot for too long over the years big ben is a problem for for that but so if you leave big ben at home you don't bring him with you you know you, you got good tires for the rest of your ride so let's see what happens i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the wide receiver position here i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna pull De- deontay johnson and just because the, you can you can't go wrong with deontay and that leaves us 4700 for our flex let's move down here into the 4700 range and see what's popping Okay, we got Crowder, another Jets. Damn it, we can't get away from these Jets. Robbie
1: Anderson. No uh, way. He burned me last week. We're not doing that. Okay, okay. (laughs) How do you feel about double tight end, man? I really like Noah Fan. Do a double tight end can be dangerous, but
0: you know I felt like Thursday slate Thanksgiving slate was a, a slate that that I felt like doubling up at the tight end position was, you know those small slates are hard to get different, uh, and, and and so most people generally don't double in, up at the tight end position and, and, and reasonably so, but I felt like Thursday slate was a great way to attack uh the slate with having dual tight ends there using a tight end there at the flex position and it worked out so long as you had the right tight ends uh and and it didn't if you didn't work out but swift ultimately crashed my day i know I, i cried to you guys a little bit in the group chat about about how poor it was for me once swift was out and then waller um you know, my lineups were ultimately done on Thursday. So, you know, the, the good thing was, is I got to spend time with my family. I got to eat some good food that we made. And, and I got to light a little bit of money on fire.
1: Yeah, it uh, it killed my DraftKings lineups and it killed my 7-3 and three Scott Fishbowl record because I have a feeling I'm going down now. I already lost Derek Henry. But uh, I did want to bring up real quick, uh, we got Gronkowski down here at 4,400 too. So I think it's a roll of dice. You want Fan or Gronk, they both get a ton of red zone targets, man. This is a tough decision.
0: Yeah, I I, I think Eileen Gronk. We also have my boy LaVisca, who I brought up, who who has an expanded role. So we have options here, and ultimately, let's see. I want to see who plays in the afternoon. Uh, I'll legit let that make my decision sometimes just to give me a little bit. Okay, so Denver's in the afternoon. Jags and and, uh, Bucks
1: both play at 1 o'clock. Yeah.
0: So it would be a fant as of right now. I'm not crazy about it, but due to our true punt at the tight end position, I'm willing to roll with that. Let's go ahead and put him in there. Leaves us $100 left over and uh, potential to you know what do, do, you, some, do
1: some late swap action just with the, the tight end as well. I, so. I, I do agree. I almost feel like Visca's, for playing GPPs, especially like uh, uh, a heavy tournament where there's a lot of entries, I almost feel like Visca's got the highest ceiling, but I think Fant might have the best floor. Do you want to go gamble I, and go high ceiling or go? I want the floor?
0: ceiling, baby. I want the ceiling. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Let's, let's go,
1: go It's a tournament. Absolutely. I mean, Jamal
0: Agnew on IR, LaVisca Chenault. The, re, the is going to be reborn in week 12, and SODFS is here to, you know, be one of the first to really hop onto that train. So LaVisca Chanel going to be a top 12 wide receiver here for DK this week. Let's lock him in at 4,400 and and enter this contest.
1: Yeah. I really like that, bro. I think, you know, if it was, if it was cash, I'd probably go something safer, but you know, we're going to shoot for the stars here.
0: All right, man. That was uh, a fun slate, man. Lots of guys that that I'm I'm really interested in here. I think it's just going to be a matter of putting the pieces together identifying which positions that you really want to spend up on. There's lots of options. I don't think it's going to be too chalky of a week this week, which feels good given a couple of pieces coming back. I feel like you know the the running back chalk has has been pretty bad in in infiltration on these main slates the last couple weeks, the Mark Ingrams, the D'Ernest Johnsons of such. So I'm hoping we can get back to a little bit more normality here this week and and have a little bit of fun make a little bit of money uh anything else uh, that you want to talk about nate before we start doing some shout outs and round this out for the night
1: i think yeah i think this is a fun slate uh i'm really looking forward to it i will say right now we don't have um projected ownership so make sure you follow us on twitter Um, follow the uh sons of dynasty twitter as well because we're going to be tweeting stuff out as far as ownership goes I want to give a shout out as always to brother matt the graphics are absolutely amazing man they're crisp and clean we uh as always we could not do the show without you there's way no no way we could get everything done without you here so we appreciate all your hard work behind the scenes this is a three-man show so brother matt we absolutely love you Uh, another shout out i want to give out viridian global got their swag here i've got about six shirts they do excellent work if you're looking for any fantasy football swag, they have tons and tons of it. Uh, so make sure you go to Viridian Global, check out their stuff. Will is amazing. Uh, go into Serve our new partner. We're going to get the link posted uh, in the uh, comment section of this. Click on our link, you're going to get 83% off and three months for free. So you're going to want to use that. We'll also tweet that out on our account, you know, later on. Uh, and Run the Sims, as always, you can use our promo code SODFS at Run the Sims you're going to get 10% off for their premium content without run the Sims. We would probably wouldn't be making as much money as we are. So we are very thankful for them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's my bad, man. I I switch, I switched dropped out. I don't know what happened. I got to clicking tabs. Next thing you know, it was telling me to log in. Apologies there for dropping off on you, but I know without a doubt you picked up and you kept on delivering the news that the people wanted to hear. So, uh, you know, big, big thank you to Brother Matt for, for everything that he does here for SODFS behind the scenes each and every week. Nate, you came through for us big time this week. You know, I had a few things going on uh, and you were able to carry a little bit of extra weight this week. And I, th- I feel like that's kind of what it's all about here at SODFS picking up each other uh when we need to and and really just coming through each and every week Uh, and uh you know i'm just happy to be on this journey with you gentlemen and anybody that did tune in tonight big love and shout out to you guys we appreciate you guys sticking with us you're all the way down here to week 12 at this point and we're going to keep the DFS information flowing for you all season long. So thank you for tuning in. Please do hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe. It helps us as we continue to try to grow in this community here. Uh, Nate, man, you were, you were spot on all night, man. You kicked ass. I uh, appreciate you.
1: Oh, there's been plenty of times that you've helped me too, man, on rough weeks. Uh, this is a three man team, like I said before. So we all work together. We, we hold each other up, man. That's what we do. Before we jump off here though, um, like probably, couple hours before the show we linked up with trophy smack we're going to be partnering up with them so they have a black friday sale today it's 30 percent off custom championship belts and trophies we love that stuff especially podcasters have it in your background so hurry over there we'll have a promo code available next week because we just we just got this linked up but i wanted to mention trophy smack they're a great great company too so uh thank you for everybody that tuned in um, of course, Coach Craig was always here. Uh, Smokey, I seen you, buddy. I love you. Everybody else that was here, just thank you for supporting us. It, it means the world to us.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Nate, good luck this week, man. Let's uh, let's stay in touch. And anything that, that pops up as far as news goes revolving around this main slate, let's put our heads together. Uh, adapt to that information and move forward to make our lineups the the best that we possibly can each and every week. Hopefully the one we built with you guys tonight pops and we end up bringing a little bit of money back here for SODFS. Until next time, I am Dan, he is Nate. Much love to each and everybody. Peace. SODFS is for
1: entertainment
0: only and to add value to your sports experience. We give you our advice and strategy that we will employ ourselves. SODFS is not intended for those under the age of 18.